everybody. I'm Scott Bernstein, and welcome to the latest episode of the Jambase Podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network, the podcast network for music. Hope you had a great holiday season and start to your 2022. We're back after a holiday break of our own and aim to deliver a fresh installment every week moving forward for the foreseeable future. This episode features my chat with Rick and Peter from Goose, looking back at their 2021. We'll hear my episode with Rick and Peter soon, but first, a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by SiriusXM. Watch a replay of Fish live from the 9th Cube special New Year's Eve concert presented by SiriusXM's Fish Radio. SiriusXM subscribers can relive the one-of-a-kind live stream or experience it for the first time exclusively on the SiriusXM app, available now through March 1st. No car required. After you finish listening to this jam-based podcast episode, you can tune in to SiriusXM Fish Radio to hear musical highlights with behind-the-scenes commentary about the historic performance. Fish Radio is available to SiriusXM subscribers on their phone and connected devices at home, including Fire TV, Apple TV, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, Android TVs, and much more with the SiriusXM app. The unprecedented viewing event took place in the wake of the postponement of Fish's traditional New Year's Eve run at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Instead, the band performed on December 31st without an audience, but with full arena production. SiriusXM generously underwrote production costs to make the Fish Live from the Ninth Cube livestream free and to contribute to Fish's mission of bringing their community together to support those in need. The three-set Fish Live from the Ninth Cube livestream marked the first time Fish had included a dialogue with their fans during a show through social media comments and requests, which were viewable by the band while they performed. The show is part of Fish's Dinner in a Movie series, where the band provides a variety of recipes that fans make and then post photos of their results. New Year's Eve's lemon-themed recipes included guitarist Trey Anastasio's instructions for making lemonade when you get handed lemons. The Dinner in a Movie series has raised money through the band's Water Wheel Foundation to help nonprofits around the country and beyond. The Water Wheel Foundation raised over $300,000 from fan donations for six nonprofits close to the Fish community on New Year's Eve bringing the total monies raised during the pandemic to over $1.2 million. Additional donations can be made at any time at fish.com slash waterwheel. Jambase podcast listeners who sign up for a new SiriusXM subscription will get three months of the SiriusXM app, SiriusXM standalone streaming service, for free. Visit SiriusXM.com slash streamfish for offer details. Don't miss your chance to watch Fish live from the Ninth Cube special New Year's Eve concert presented by SiriusXM's Fish Radio exclusively on the SiriusXM app, now through March 1st. No card required. Our last episode came in mid-December and featured Warren Haynes. Feels like such a different world since then as COVID-19 cases went through the roof thanks to the Omicron variant. Many acts needed to cancel or postpone their New Year's run, including Fish, Widespread Panic, Tribe, Green Sky Bluegrass, Lotus, Yonder, Billy Strings, Government Mule, and and many others. Fish came up with a creative way to provide live music on New Year's Eve, as mentioned earlier, by performing a live stream concert without an in-person audience, live from the Ninth Cube. The band fit in a pair of rarities as they played Tranastasio's Time Turns Elastic for the first time since 2010, and had John Fishman on vocals for Sid Barrett's Baby Lemonade, marking Fish's only performance of the cover since they debuted it back in 1992. COVID-19 also led to the cancellation of Dead & Company's Playing in the Sand destination events in Mexico. First, 
Drummer Bill Kreutzman pulled out due to medical issues, and then guitarist John Mayer revealed he would be unable to attend after testing positive for COVID just days before heading to Mexico. Eventually, the two weekends of playing in the sand were canceled outright when multiple crew members tested positive. With much sadness and great consideration of every possible scenario, the Playing in the Sand shows in Riviera Cancun on January 7th through 10th and January 13th through 19th have now been canceled by CID Presents due to the spiking COVID-19 cases, wrote the band when they announced it. They went on to say, Dead and Company and CID Presents tried everything possible to bring normalcy and to deliver a great experience and amazing music. But with each day, it became increasingly clear that canceling is the correct thing to do for the fans and for our crew. Please refer to the Playing in the Sand email that will be sent shortly with all details about refunds. See you soon. Hug your loved ones. Stay safe and be kind. We were happy to see that some fans that did were already down there, made lemonade out of the lemons and and made the best of the situation. A handful of bands were able to pull off New Year's runs. The Disco Biscuits provided COVID tests to those attending their two-night stand in Philadelphia, which was highlighted by a narration-filled History of the Disco Biscuits Part 2, in which the band told the story of their last 15-plus years. The String Cheese Incident debuted new material during a three-night run in Chicago, while Pigeons Playing Ping Pong presented an Arena 54 New Year's Eve concert in Asheville. Additionally, Dr. Dog played their final show on New Year's Eve in Philadelphia, and Perpetual Groove said farewell to drummer Albert Suttle, who left the band after 20 years following one last performance in Athens, Georgia. Goose also pulled off their two-night New Year's run in Chicago, and that was the first topic covered in my chat with Rick and Peter. The guitarist and multi-instrumentalist discussed their experience to start our conversation. The pair previously appeared on the Jam Bass podcast in December of 2020, and just over a year later, we connected to talk about Goose's 2021. We went back to the beginning of the year after talking New Year's and spoke about their cover of Vampire Weekend song 2021. We then talked Shenanigans Nightclub, the first Goose album in five years, which came out in 2021. Rick and Peter discussed what they learned from the process, all the time they put into the record, and hinted at a new record to come this year. Another big component of the year for Goose was the variety of side projects the members participated in. We spoke specifically about Fasudo, a band that actually existed before Goose that reunited in 2021 for a new album and a set at Fred the Festival, an event curated and headlined by Goose that took place this past summer at the site of the Lachen Festival. While we did get into the music at Fred the Festival, we also dug into many other shows Goose played in 2021. Rick and Peter shared memory from standout shows, discussed changes to their respective rigs, and how a full year with a percussionist in the band played out. Goose also continued their tradition of devoting Halloween shows to soundtracks and movies in 2021. Rick and Peter spoke about the band's Austin Powers 2-themed concert and the tradition in general. We also talked about a movie the band produced that shares its name with the studio album, Shenanigans Nightclub, as well as the role the pair play in the business side of Goose. Finally, Rick and Peter recalled the heartbreaking decision to postpone their Goosemas concert at Mohegan Sun Arena in their home state of Connecticut. Thankfully, the biggest gig in Goose history was able to be rescheduled and is currently set for February 26th. 
Let's now hear my chat with Rick and Peter from Goose after listening to a bit of SOS from their Shenanigans Nightclub album, which is out now. Excited to have Rick and Peter from Goose back on the Jam Bass Podcast. How's it going, Rick? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And how about you, Peter? Hey, hey. Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks for having us. Excellent. And it's our aim to check in with you guys uh, each year to catch up and discuss what went down the previous year and as well as take a brief look into the future. And before we go back to the start of 2021, I wanted to ask about your recent New Year's run in, in Chicago. It's such a weird time right now with the Omicron variant, but thankfully you guys were able to pull off the two-show run. And um, how did it go from your perspective, uh, Peter? If we'll, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah. To be honest, I there was so much um, <laughs> confusion about whether or not it was going to happen beforehand. I, I personally, I was convinced it wasn't going to happen. Um, a lot of other bands have been canceling their shows and um, yeah, some of us, I mean, pretty much everybody had COVID at some point in December. So like earlier in the month, we were all kind of just like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And uh, you know, we were luckily enough to be, to be better by the time the shows happened and um, we were good to go to play them. And it felt like it was the right thing to do. And, you know, it was for sure probably a risky place to be. Um, but I think a lot of people took the precautions seriously. Um, I saw pretty much everybody wear a ma- like wearing a mask at the show. And um, yeah, that was great. It, it felt like people were actually taking it seriously. And um, we were happy about that because it was like, it kind of was a difficult decision to do it or not to do it. And how much of that were you guys, uh, did, did that go on pretty much until the, the you took the stage or once you made like the- a, There was a point where we had to make the call. Um, okay. and at that point it was like, all right, all engines go kind of thing. We Absolutely. were, uh, we were, it was, we were like definitely flirting with the line and uh, it's actually really funny timing that the CDC made that announcement that night um, about the thing like the you know quarantine protocols starting to change and, and things like that because it, it sort of you know pushed everything into the zone of of you know i think we're okay to do this and um rick musically how did it, how did those two nights feel for you you know <clears throat> um you know we we generally we, we've kind of built our whole thing so goosemas is kind of our our thing right that's that's where we 
<clears throat> put a lot of our energy and thought and, and stuff uh, into each year and, and, you know, aim to make that a reflection of, of where we're at and, you know, where we're going, things like that. Um, the new year, you know, we never really targeted being like a New Year's band per se. So, you know, um, I think even going into it, we were like, you know, all right, let's just go, let's just go play some shows. And, you know, um, given the context uh, of everything going on, like we couldn't, we, none of us could get together in December because of everything that was going on. We didn't even practice, you know, um, we just, we all just showed up there. Like Peter said, like two days before leaving, you know, I was, I was like deep in, in like home mode and uh, sure. it was, it was, it was really funny to think, you know, it, it just felt it felt really strange um, being like, are, are, you know, are we, in two days, are we going to be in Chicago playing a show or not? You know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was it was a, it was a very funny, stark contrast going going from, uh, you know, not really expecting to go out there and be able to play those shows and then just going and doing it. Um, but I we had a great time. I, you know, I think we, we played a couple fun shows and I don't know. I had fun. And the yeah. circle of life with Coach on Rainstick was a uh, sure a nice way to uh, glide into 2022. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it was. I don't know, a lot of people probably don't know, but we uh, it was like the first song Goose we ever played under the name Goose when uh, Ben. Oh, wow! Ben, it was actually there was one gig before Ben what uh, was in the band, and it was it was me, Trevor, and a, and a couple other guys. And we played at uh, Seaside Tavern in Stamford, Connecticut. And there's probably, I don't know, 20 people there or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, first song we ever played was Circle of Life. And then first song that uh, Peter ever played in the band was also Circle of Life. Wow. Yeah, that was the only, only two times we've played it previously. So um, That yeah. is a bold first song for your first gig. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly shocked that that happened. Yeah, it happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's correct too right that was your first song in the band it was yeah yeah and those the only times the only other times we played it so it's kind of like a you know funny significant thing in, in our in our history yeah and when did you come up when did you decide that you were gonna go that route to to, to play that song um i'd say for sure during sound check okay <laughs> We're still, you know, we're still like, I don't know, you know, but um, yeah, during soundcheck, we were like, you know, screw it, let's do it.
yeah. And it had been six weeks since your last shows. Um, so pretty much everything was on the table. So for just to, to give our listeners an example, how did you come up with the set list for those two nights? Um, I, good question. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think there was, you know, we were actually looking at the previous show, um, that we had played the previous two shows. Um, and then just like blocking out tunes that I thought would be fun to play and okay. also not be, you know, since we hadn't really practiced a ton, it was like, okay, what can we do? That's fun and new and, and different than like before, but also, you know, that we could like play during sound check and get, be ready for the show. Um, but also just like, I thought there was a good mix of like some highlights from the year, some like of the newer songs um, and the new arrangements and stuff like that to keep it fun and interesting for us. You know, that's always good. It's like, if we're having fun, you know, that's, it's a good, it's a good chance. It's going to be a good show. Absolutely. So, um, you know, just wanted to like keep it fun for us. And I think it was fun for the crowd too. That's by all accounts, that seems to be the case. And mm -hmm. Now getting back to the to the start of the year, uh, twenty twenty one started for you guys um, with a track of the same name, commissioned by Vampire Weekend. Um, uh, can can you tell me how you went uh, w once you got the were asked to put together a uh, version of twenty twenty one? How did you go about making your arrangement of it? Um. You know, I think we're, we're like always we're rearranging stuff all the time. So that that is, you know, it's sort of natural, you know, it's sort of um, it's sort of an easy, easy thing at this point, for the most part. Sometimes we, you know, sometimes you wrestle with things a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, it was just a matter of like, you know, laying out an arrangement that felt uh, appropriate for for us and you know kind of our our context and stuff um and then you know the the improvisation aspect was it was obviously you know we, we kind of just came up with an arrangement and then uh did a few takes and that was that was it you know it, it really uh it yeah was, it was a pretty straightforward um process I, I think for us how much cutting had to go in to make it exactly 20 minutes and 21 seconds not not much to be honest we had like a timer oh, okay. we were playing with um and we timed out however long the first part of the song was and the end part so we knew kind of where we needed to end the jam <clears throat> in order to finish the song like within the 20 and 20 minute 21 second thing the 2021 will you think about me
And then there's also, you know, there's a little ambient space at the end. Um, but going back to New Year's, this is absolutely insane. I, I didn't realize it's the time, but we actually played 2021 for 20 minutes and 21 seconds again without even trying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize till I went to like bounce the track yesterday. It was mixing the boards and I was just like, okay, I didn't sweet that we had no idea. Yeah. We, we definitely did not set out to do that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it just kind of happened. I, I, but I, you know, I'm glad it happened. I, I knew it was long. I was like, that was a long jam. I, I wonder, I wonder if it was like around there or something. Didn't even think about it. And, uh, and, and that was one of the first versions of the song. It, it took until October till you played it live. Um, right. Did, did you go back and revisit the song and, and rehearse it before those uh, New York City shows where you debuted it? Definitely. Yeah. I think there's a, I think we definitely have practiced the song where we've actually played it live. I think there was a <laughs> few other times where we wanted to play it live and we just didn't do it for one reason or another. Um, didn't happen, but yeah, we definitely practiced it. Very cool. One of the biggest stories of the year for Goose was the release of your first studio album in five years and the first one with Peter on it, Shenanigans Nightclub. Uh, last year, we we talked about it, talked around it, but uh, right. didn't, didn't con- confirm it. Um, when was the album recorded? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, wow. The, it, really like over the, it was it was a very long it was over the course of a long period of time really. okay um you know a big push as, as these things like look drawn out album processes you know there's usually like you know very scattered installments throughout a period of time and then there's a big push at the end and you get you just get it done which is exactly what happened here um that big push was throughout 2020 or uh, not throughout 2020 but you know once we got off the road kind of came back I guess it was throughout 2020. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, that album was like very intense, way more intensive than it, you know, needed to be. But um, uh, yeah, when when we got off the road, um, when the COVID thing happened, uh, Peter and I were, and, and Jeff, uh, coincidentally, before he was in the band, we were all, you know, living in a house in Connecticut, renting a place together. And uh, we got off the road and kind of just, dove into that for the most part you know started hacking away at that and gradually just kind of um got it done started piecing it all together and uh jeff was there and that's kind of how the whole thing or one of the ways the whole thing started um with jeff jeff getting involved with the band uh he was there and we just had him start you know had an idea for part and had jeff do it and then you know another idea for part and you know jeff would do it and uh, kind of just developed that way um it was cool peter peter did peter and jeff uh peter engineered a lot of jeff sessions which was uh seemed like a lot of fun it was good times <laughs> yeah. um so, so yeah i mean there were there were a lot of like all the drum sessions were done prior to that point um we had done a bunch of drum sessions years years leading up to it and um you know up to that point the drum sessions were all were all set pretty much so it was just mostly peter and i um you know bass was also pretty much set uh trevor and i had done like a whole bunch of sessions um doing doing bass stuff throughout like 2019 i think okay wow so that yeah yeah we were you know we're whenever we were not touring or focusing on shows which is not often we were just you know 
we'd we'd get together whatever phase we were in and and just you know whack it around a little bit on the on the record and um yeah it just took took forever and uh yeah we kind of like a lot of those bass lines were composed while you guys were like recording them yeah that is i don't think a lot of people know that i think that was cool for for the songs that that hadn't been been played like the uh the instrumental uh segments yeah yeah there yeah there was a ton of attention to detail um you know almost pretty pretty much to a fault actually um but uh, (laughs) You know, yeah, we it was fun. We, we you know we learned a lot in the process and and stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of sessions. <laughs> do you think that's going to inform your next album? Do you think you'll do it differently and it, try it, to set some time? It did, yeah, it did. Okay. It did. <laughs> it did. Excellent. Yeah, we pretty much went the complete opposite direction, which is uh, you know felt great. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. That's exciting that there is another album coming and uh, look forward to seeing what that is all, all about. And, and I, you know, I don't want to, eh, we'll skip ahead, but uh, the, <laughs> the Vasudo album kind of was the similar way, right? That was just a couple of days, a set yeah. sessions. Quick, quick right? shot with that one for the most part. Yeah. We, uh, that was that was like summer of 2020 we went and um up to dreamland in woodstock and um and tracked that was it like a week peter mm-hmm. good six days or something like that yeah. yeah it was wild um we we when we talked last in december of 2020 you guys gave uh, our listeners a uh, history lesson in the band and we obviously talked about uh Vizzuto and great blue and it's crazy that uh both those bands got to play this year and yeah. um and Vasudo, I would never have guessed an, an album would would be coming um uh how, how was it uh reuniting with with matt campbell rick uh a lot of fun you know um we're you know beyond all else we're just good friends and you know whenever we whenever we get together it's uh you know we have a, we have a great time so it's uh yeah it was, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to to get back into that mode you know um and and actually kind of get in the nitty-gritty of of, of making stuff again and was it decided early on when you uh, got the decided to get the band back together that that Peter would would be part of the mix? The previous summer, actually, um, there's this uh, kind of like this party that um, Matt's parents and some other folks um, throw most summers, you know, prior to the the, the COVID thing, um, and uh, you know, throughout the last like. The, the you know few years leading up to that uh, i think there was there was a i forget what year it was exactly might have i think 20 2017 was maybe the first time matt and i got back together and played again it was just the two of us and then each year it kind of was building um at this party we would we would just play a set at this party you know pseudo tunes and stuff like that and each year it got a little bigger um i think the second year we added in trevor and and jeff and then uh in 2019 we we added in peter um because uh you know just filling in like the third part harmonies and you know extra keyboard parts and stuff it was uh it was just fun you know um big bigger sound and uh when the three of us started like singing together it was it was it was a lot of a lot of fun we you know 
could kind of hit the hit the three parts um you know yeah it was, it was it was it was it was fun arranging all that stuff so that was from that point on it was kind of just uh you know we were talking about making a record matt and i've been talking about you know getting back into the studio for years now um so it's just kind of a natural natural extension peter's you know part of the project now excellent um now in, in talking about obviously so much of goose is playing shows and and being on the road and when we had last talked uh jeff had just joined the band um and how has how has he impacted your sound over the past year i'd say we've definitely jeff has definitely gotten a lot more comfortable over the last year i especially noticed it um whenever we would, you know, go on tours and especially this past fall tour where it was like, you know, that was the first time we'd really gone on a long tour with Jeff and just the impact like over those, you know, weeks was, it just got more significant. I think like there was like a really strong moment during like an SOS in Austin, Texas. And we were just like, Oh wow. Like, Hey Jeff, like welcome to the party, you know? <laughs> And we just noticed him like stepping out a lot more. Um, so I think over this past year, it's just been getting confidence. I mean, you have to like, remember like the shows that he played all of 2020 were just like, cause like here and there weekends. I feel like when you go, when you go on like a tour, there's something that happens um, in terms of your musicianship and, and especially as a band. Um, and that way that tour was, was we, we just had like, we were kind of just the band and crew um, which we called the bubble, okay. uh, the COVID thing, you know, we didn't want anyone to get sick. So it was pretty much locked down to our core team. Um, and everybody got really tight and it was definitely, it was the best tour I've ever been on. Um, and yeah, I just noticed a lot of Jeff just stepping out and his parts becoming more pronounced. And uh, Rick, are there any specific shows from uh, 2021 uh, headlining shows that that stand out um, as among uh, personal highlights for you? Uh, they, you know, it's, it's hard to like, Peter's better, you know, kind of <laughs> keeping a, like a mental roadmap of these things that kind of, they start to all blend together to me. But there's, there's definitely, I mean, those awesome shows were super fun. Um, I don't know. A lot of shows were really fun. That's a, that is a, I think that's a better Peter question. Peter? Depth, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I, I think like some of my favorite memories from this year would be Montana. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And, we played with member uh, of the kitchen dwellers there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kansas city, honestly, that whole like Wisconsin, Montana, Denver thing in the summer was really fun. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin was really like a unique experience for sure. Kansas City was a lot of fun for sure. Kansas City slapped, yeah. uh, and Denver, Denver both times, great. I uh, yeah. loved Aspen. Um, Atlanta was great. I, New Orleans, it was all so good. Maybe it's not a better Peter question. He's just named every show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think the show. I, I Kansas City really does stand out as like. I just remember walking like up the ramp to the stage and the crowd was already going, they were so loud and so amped. And I, I think immediately we're all just like, okay, we had a, we had a schedule, we had some song to open and we switched because we were like, 
Yeah, let's bring, let's like do something a little more high energy right now. Yeah, we're fired up. <laughs> is it Wednesday, right? Kansas City? Yeah, it was a Wednesday. So like anytime it's like an off night and the crowd's just like, yeah. it feels like Saturday night. You're like a bigger. Yeah, warehouse with people going nuts on a Wednesday night. Like we're, we're obviously going to get, you know, it was, yeah. those, those shows are often the most fun. Yeah. This is my kind of town. You guys are loud. Y'all might be louder than Texas. So it is the crowd that makes a big difference in, in what makes the, the show stand out. It, oh, yeah. it makes a big difference. Yeah. But, you know, it's everything. It's such a mysterious thing. Like, you know, I don't know what we ate that day. <laughs> you know, who, who knows? You know? Definitely. Not as sleep you get. That's yeah. huge. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, well, Peter, when we last spoke, um, you had just added a clavinet to your to your rig. Um, wow! <laughs> and now you have an organ in your rig. You have certainly come far from uh, thinking you were going to start just with an organelle. Uh, uh, <laughs> goosh, right. goosh, goosh, goosh shows. Right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how did it go about bringing the organ into the mix? Yeah, I, I just was thinking about it too. And the vintage vibe also joined the, the squad this summer, or like at the beginning of last, or yeah, this past summer. So, yeah, the organ was like a really funny thing because we we went to go play uh, forty eight forty eight festival. Okay, and, in West Virginia. Um, yeah, they had a. Uh, it was like I, I needed a special pedal in order to run my Nord into the Leslie that they were like going to provide. It was like backline situation. And they forgot to bring the pedal. So it was like, okay, I'll just use the B3 then, if you don't mind. And uh, they wheeled out the B3 and I was like, okay, now I got to figure out how to set this up. So like I, experiment <laughs> I was experimenting, I think I did two different setups. But after that gig, I was like, okay, I, we're not really going back. Um, we did another festival. It was, what was it? Uh, See Here Now, like request another backline, Oregon, did like a different setup. And then it wasn't until we, I like, I did some schematics and drawings until I really found like the, the proper way to like orient the keyboards for the setup. And then, uh, <laughs> um, we were, yeah, I used my own C3 at, uh, New York and then the rest of the tour, which was so great to use like a real organ on tour. I was just, it was the best feeling every night, just like going to that thing. It was awesome. It's a big it's a big energy shift for sure. You know, yeah. that, that thing hits hard. It's nice having a real, you know, the keyboard thing, having real instruments. It's like, it, it's, it really is night and day. Once you, once you get a taste, once you get a yeah. taste of the glory. Yeah, exactly. There was no going back. <laughs> Peter, if you had a wish list, what would be next? Um, in terms <laughs> of adding to the rig. He's actually, he's actually working on a uh, computer system where he's got, <laughs> pedals and it's controlling a marching band 
pit in front of the stage. And so the crowd's going to have to move back about 15 feet, but it'll be worth it. It'll totally be worth it. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> no, no yeah. doubt. And Rick, has your guitar rig, uh, any any big changes in, in 2021? Nothing super exciting. Yeah, maybe a little pedal here and there. I don't know. What about the amp? Oh yeah, yeah. I got the I got the I got the bigger version of the amp I was already playing, so that's you know. Hell we're all, yeah, we're all really excited <laughs> about that. For the gearheads out there, what what amp is it? Uh, it's an Express. Well, I had the five twenty five, and then I I went to the five fifty uh, two twelve. So, you know, two speakers instead of one. Dude, I was playing, it was pretty hilarious. I was playing this. This it was a pretty small amp. We were starting to play these bigger rooms and stuff, and um, you know, it's the same amp I got and like. 2000 i don't even know 10 and uh wow. and uh yeah i mean i've been playing it like at bar gigs since then and uh i i've tried other things and i don't know so sometimes when you just get into your you're used to a thing it's hard to break out of it i haven't found anything that kind of hits the hits the same spot for for me personally so then i yeah uh jeff jeff has was saying for a while i should just go to the bigger one and uh finally grabbed one and you know it, it's pretty much doing the same thing so yeah it's been nice you know just needed need a little more meat up there for sure excellent excellent and uh we were talking about colorado um it, it really seems to be a haven for for goose fans and you guys went out there twice this this year and had had some of your biggest shows um how were those sculpture uh park shows for, for you guys wild it was great yeah it was pretty crazy i didn't i didn't like really realize i, I kind of do this thing where i don't totally think about where like where we're going or what's what's coming until like the day before sometimes you know sometimes we like leave on a tour i'm like where are we where are we going <laughs> um but uh, yeah, the sculpture park shows was definitely one of those situations. We played whatever you know the shows we did leading up to it, and and then the day before, I was like, wait, there's like five thousand people coming into this thing tomorrow night, and we got you know it was yeah it was it was crazy. It definitely felt uh, pretty pretty nuts, and I, I think we got out there and I was I was a little shaky for like a few minutes, but then we just started playing and you know did did our thing, and it was all good. Excellent. Yeah. Uh Hoping that uh, Red Rocks happens for you guys sooner rather than later. If we can, goddamn, get the this virus uh, under control, um, I'm sure that will be uh, next. Considering how you got five thousand people to the sculpture park uh, nearly a year ago <laughs> at this point, will you uh, will you fly out? I would definitely fly out if, if right. you guys went to Red Rocks. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, now, another big highlight of the year was your own festival. Uh, Fred the Festival at the Lock in Sight. First, how did you come up with the name Fred the Festival? Um, well, you know, it's a, it's a longstanding thing um, that I, I honestly coach, uh, coach and his, his crew, like from, you know, from back when they were in high school. Um, it just, it was a thing from, you know, that they started in our, you know, town that we grew up in. Um, meaning this wasn't the first Fred, the festival. Oh, no, 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 no. Just the, just the, like the, 
the terms, you know. Got Ted it. And Ted Term and, Fred or, or Ted. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a long-standing thing, and um, I don't know. We were kicking around names, and I, I forget how that how it came about, but we we we, should, we you know we, we were we were like proposed Fred the festival, and they came back. They're like, this is this is not a joke, guys. Like we can't do this. <laughs> like, like, it is a joke, but it's a real one. You know. Yeah. It's it's like a authentic joke, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah, it was uh, we were we were very uh, grateful that they allowed us to <laughs> use that name eventually. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. What what role did you guys play in putting the lineup together? Um, we definitely had like I mean we kind of there was a big list of of bands and we wanted to do, we wanted it to be like a different kind of festival, bring in some different kind of acts that we normally wouldn't get to play alongside. Sure. Um, and it just so happened a lot of those bands were interested. So, you know, we were, we were pretty lucky in, in that they all wanted to be a part of Fred. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I loved uh, the songs that you guys did with um, the Goldsmiths from, from, from Dawes. Uh, how did that come, come together? Did, 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 so one of you asked them to to guest. I think uh, I think like you know management teams were chatting beforehand because we were you know we were obviously interested. We've been fans of those guys uh, for a while. Um, I mean, I've been I've been listening for them to them for a long time, and I, I couldn't believe that they were you know interested in coming to Fred the festival. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was that was. The highlight of the weekend for me i i, I had a blast playing with those guys and we, we had this you know big sound going jeff was on guitar um griffin is like griffin's i griffin's a dope drummer that was it was really fun having you know him play with with ben and um yeah just the that that was a blast and how much uh you know they they learned one of your songs i mean yeah. how much uh what, did did you guys get to rehearse much before actually taking the stage? We uh, we we sat down in like a trailer in their in their trailer for a minute um, earlier in the day, but it was it was pretty pretty quick. It was pretty cool that uh, they were they were down to do that. Yeah, That's props to Taylor for singing too. You know, yeah, singing a verse. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, you didn't see that coming. Oh. <laughs> did you did that ha happen in the rehearsal no no, no it, it, oh, i guess when we were rehearsing was he like we, i don't know maybe you guys fake, talked about it beforehand but i was just like you know i i, I would you don't expect that sure too many sit-ins you know, it doesn't happen very often so no doubt um but you know that just goes to show like you know they're crazy talented musicians and uh you know they come from a different zone than we do you know and that's more of like a thing that you do so we're about that and uh hopefully we'll do some more of that at some point long we've wandered the groves turning stones open light they find us still
absolutely. And they weren't the only guests that that sat in. Uh, we had talked again. This is goes back to our conversation from December 2020, um, where uh, Chris Enright, I, I believe, played the first Goose gig. He, he, not not the first Goose gig. No, we'd. we'd uh he he, he yeah. was a, a member of one of your bands at one point yeah yeah for sure it was 2016 he was in goose and he he played all the keyboard parts on the uh on moon cabin and uh yeah we we he was in the band for i don't, I don't know maybe around, around around a year something like that yeah. and and he played at um at fred the festival was yeah, yeah. Was that always planned or was he just around and decided to bring him up or how did that come I think he was, I mean, Elephant Proof was playing. So um, I think it was just a natural thing. It's like, oh yeah, let's have Doc up. And and then you had, and going back to Vasudo, um, that was the first uh, Vasudo set, I believe since 2013 and uh, how, how did that go, uh, Rick? Do you, for for that, do you have specific memories from from that set? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> it felt different, which was cool. You know, I, I think, you know, anything that feels di- creatively different at this point is exciting. Um, you know, it, it's cool to see because uh, Vasudo was very much the precursor to Goose, and a lot of it informed a lot of you know where we're at now, where what this what it's all become. Um, and it's cool. It's cool to see that project evolve as well in a slightly different direction. Obviously, there's a ton of crossover, you know, but um, there are like sensibilities and, and aspects that that it's it's you know evolving in its own direction. Um, and I, I think it's uh, it's exciting to think about that continuing to happen and it it moving you know further into its own direction, whatever that may be creatively. Um, and you know still sharing a lot with with kind of goose world and goose sensibilities and stuff like that um and its previous you know basudo previous sensibilities but then you know evolving over time that that type of stuff is exciting to us i think and does that you know go with what you're saying and anything different you know is exciting is that there's been so much side project action over the past 12 months is is that uh one of the key reasons just to keep to keep it fresh and keep it exciting yeah i think so you know i um it's i think i think it's healthy you know like even even doing things like making a movie for fun you know yeah it's healthy to just um exercise different parts of of you know creativity different uh different expressions or whatever it may be um it it makes you know you won't want you know you do you do stuff like that and then you go back to goose and it's more fun you know it's kind of like uh you gain perspective and and it's it uh kind of refills the well a little bit sure right Excellent. And uh, another highlight from the year was Halloween. Um, And you guys have a tradition of devoting your Halloween shows to a specific movie. And uh, how did you pick Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me for this year's selection? I think I think we're just kicking around a bunch of ideas and we had done like what we called Netflix and chill which is like a, like a little residency we did at Briac, which is like a very small bar, um, back in like 2018. And it was like, you know, yeah, 
40, 50 people, something like that, um, showed up and we kind of, we did the first Austin powers then. And I think there was just the desire to like revisit and like, kind of like do it better with some better costumes. And <laughs> part of that, just like the soundtrack is so fun. Um, great tunes. And, uh, we had to do the Dr. Evil rap because Rick had been, you know, learning it since he was like a teenager, you know, <laughs> From the moment I heard Frau say I had to clone I knew that I'd be safe cause I'd never be alone An evil doctor shouldn't speak a lot about his feelings My hurt and my pain don't make me too appealing I hope Scott would look up to me Run the business of the family So yeah. squeezing that in there, you know, that was that was pretty much the catalyst <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty funny Like of all the, you know, we could do any, all the movies that exist And all the great soundtracks that exist, we did, you know the one and the sequel like the, something about that was kind of funny to me yeah uh, yeah we're gonna do something silly usually <laughs> it's like oh you know can we do uh forrest gump i don't know <laughs> i don't think so like, it's so too epic <laughs> let's do austin powers too call it a day <laughs> last year like the you know well, everything that was going on was really fresh and there was just so much craziness going on in the world and not that that's not happening now but yeah. you know last year the donnie darko thing felt felt appropriate especially because the show was slated to be on a full moon on halloween proper which was just like you know saturday night full moon halloween proper it was just too much it, the show had to get snowed out it was it was too much, too much too much sauce for sure for that one we ended up doing it a week later but yeah the donnie darko like felt appropriate last year um i know that was that was like a, a really fun thing to do um some you know the, the the soundtrack thing always you always end up playing song like we always end up playing songs that we never would have you know found ourselves playing otherwise which Whip is like, it. yeah yeah i think that's, <laughs> that's the fun part about it is you know just the really uh you know the, the weird the weird stuff um but it it felt uh felt like you know doing something fun this year felt uh felt right felt yeah good. it was celebratory for yeah. sure yeah yeah donnie darko might uh you know had the situation's been reversed been a little uh heavy for uh, right. Right. uh definitely time of year um have you found it easier to learn covers over the years i'd say so um it just seems like we i don't know i feel like we're we're a lot better at learning songs then when, when I, yeah, I think we, that's just something you get better at as, as you learn more songs and, and play more as a band. Um, you kind of have an idea of like, you know, all the sounds that everyone in the band can make, you know, but there's also like the room for expansion and uh, you know, it's once you have a better grasp, I feel like for, for me, I have a better grasp of like all my instruments now, and like, okay, that makes sense. Of like all the different keyboards and, you know, it's, that just comes from experience and that definitely helps with learning songs and like figuring out what parts to play. And what, how, what, what's the process of, of a new goose original coming to life? Um, Rick, if you've written a song, um, how, how will you generally bring it to the band? Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, we'll do like a demo or something. I'll make a little recording and, and, and pass it around. But I think most of the time we kind of just get into the room and start, start playing a thing and, and start picking it, picking it apart that way and, and building, 
in real time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like it. It usually is, you know, often is better that way. I don't, you know, whenever whenever we kick around a demo, it feels like I don't even know if like how much you know people really even dig into it. You know, it's kind of like once we get in the room and just start doing it, it's that's that's when it that's when it happens. And we've developed, you know, any any band that plays together for a long time, you develop your language, you know, and sure, um, it, you know, hopefully it gets stronger it gets uh you you know you get more um you know competent at using that language together you know so excellent yeah it's a process some things are easier than others you know some some ideas are kind of a shoe in some things take a lot of you know messing around and a lot of uh meddling to just to, to to get it to a spot that feels good but you know so you're always always learning in the process which is the cool thing is there material that you guys have ready that uh, we, we can new material that that bands can expect to hear um, on this in twenty twenty two, if not on this upcoming winter tour? Some, some, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, we're we've we, it's definitely we've been busy. Okay, uh, glad to hear great, that. But yeah, yeah. There's 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 some stuff stuff coming. The cool thing about Goose is that it, it it does pull from a lot of different directions. So, you know, there's always there's always like, you know, the different ideas. Uh, you know, other projects, other things uh, that it's that it's pulling from. So it, it 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 that's that's one of the fun things about the project to me is that um, it's it's sort of this melting pot of all the different uh, projects and and things that we've done in the past and you know some some to some extent the present as well but yeah short answer yeah there's 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 some stuff coming excellent we're looking forward to to that and uh you know it's it's such again it's such a weird time hope that everything comes off uh i would imagine you guys have lots in, in the works for 2022 and it's a balancing act of whether you announce it uh, with all that that's going on, um, how much of a role do do each of you play uh, on the business side of things? Um, do, are are you brought into the discussion at all when a tour is booked, for instance? Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean, we're very involved, um, and as far as bands go, in terms of like the planning and all that especially with touring, um, you know, our schedules are like, especially, it just feels like, you know, with so many things going on, all the projects and stuff, uh, schedules, scheduling is tough and we're right. scheduling so far out at these days, Yeah, you know, um, we're scheduling like fall of next year and, you know, and beyond it's pretty wild. So, um, we definitely are all involved in making sure that like all the moves we make are, are the, the smartest and that we can actually physically do them, you know, without collapsing. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, credit a lot to a lot of credit to our managers and agents who do such a great job of balancing out the year, um, making sure that we're doing the right opportunities at the right time. Um, you know, they're, they have all the experience, so we really trust them. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice that they keep us in, keep us in the loop and, um, you know, it, it definitely makes it really fun to be part of that process. 
And do you have a like a weekly call with management, uh, or is it just as things come up? You discuss Mostly things as things as things come up. You know, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Very cool. Um, it's pretty frequent, though. Like, I mean, is this is this is definitely a daily. Yeah. daily wow daily thing. no matter okay. no matter where whether we're off like whether we're on or off the road yeah there's um there's, there's always happening all the time always you know sometimes there's like you know a day like all right i got a day i'm gonna like work on some music and then like next thing you know it's five o'clock and i've been on calls all day right <laughs> well yeah. i i think uh many of your fans uh can appreciate that with the uh nine to fives that they work i'm sure that's not uh yeah. what you thought you were signing up for uh as a life of a touring musician that part of it you you don't see but um it it helps in the end and and makes for the best uh music and product i would imagine definitely and it's always different you know like i that just keeps it fun and exciting for me you know okay. it's like one day we could be talking about one thing and then the next day it's a totally different thing it's just i don't know it's it's cool. That it's not always the same exact thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, shenanigans, uh, nightclub was not only a album, it was also a movie. Um, you know, I watched it last night and, uh, Rick, you're an incredible actor. You really are. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was really uh, one of the, the biggest takeaways that I had from, um, from, from the movie, uh, you, you really did a great job. And uh, and it, it's a cool story. And uh, there's definitely a interesting ending, which I won't ruin for, for anybody. But um, can, can, can you talk about uh, Will and, and how that project came together, Rick? Yeah, Will, uh, we go way back with Will. I think Will Thresher is his name. Will Thresher, yeah. Okay. I uh, I got I first got really close with Will when we started working together on the Basuda project. So, um, you know, Matt and I were getting together and and starting to form this band back in 2000, you know, end of 2011, beginning of 2012, and um, I got in touch with Will um, because he was a really talented graphic designer and you know website design and stuff like that he, he just he was just kind of like this you know this tech you know graphic whiz but also ultra creative like he will is one of the most um interesting creative people that i that i know he's uh when he's when he's on it's like he's i don't know he just his he has the most he has the most wild ideas sometimes and i i just i have so much respect for will and, and uh really just love working with working on things with them um so yeah he was he was super involved in the basuto project he came to every gig he um you know designed all the stuff designed all the merch designed all the, like the cool like live album covers and stuff like that and he he just he, all those designs were so cool back in the day it was it was amazing um but uh yeah he uh just a you know a massive creative force and um you know we kind of after the Basuto thing disbanded, he, you know, we, we got, um, you know, we, we, were, we were talking and working together a lot less, you know, he was um, taking other jobs and I was kind of on my own journey as well. And, um, you know, throughout the Goose thing, he hasn't been able to be, you know, play the same role that he did in the Basuto days. Um, 
but uh you know he's we've, we've always stayed in touch and it's um you know he, he works at uh he's a creator director at tribus brewery and okay. uh in connecticut which is a uh, great great brewery love love the beer over there but um yeah it's just been like really fun to reconnect with him over there we, we did that that was smaller video back in 20 what was that uh 2017 okay we made that right oh goosemas yeah that'll yeah yeah 2017 yeah that was so like that was that was kind of the precursor we uh made this video i forget what what sort of precipitated that but we made that video um that that year for the goosemas thing for goosemas that year and uh it was it was the it was the most fun i think i've ever had it was just you know making we were we were at a very like uh a uh, very tectonic period for the band that was like where things were a lot of things were shifting and right right before peter joined the band i think probably when we were it wasn't long after making that video that i hit you up to join the band is that oh yeah i mean i was in it and then i remember like that was sometime in the fall and then a couple weeks later yeah yep, something like that yeah so a lot of things were moving around the band the band vibes were kind of weird and uh we were making this video though for goosemas and it was like it was it was so much fun so that 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 was really what precipitated and we you know we made the shenanigans album and had the idea to to like make videos alongside of it um you know just coming up with stories uh, with this nightclub as the backdrop um and uh you know i was I've kind of been was egging on will for a while to to like make a video thinking it was going to be comparable to to that one you know uh, to the goosemas one yeah to the goosemas one and it's just in terms of like it's you know um uh, uh you know the size of the project or you know how much we were going to bite off uh but it you know we ended up it ended up becoming a much 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 bigger project um you know we called a meeting to like talk about this this movie pro shenanigans movie project and will showed up with this very legit script it was you know 80 pages and wow. you know it had all he had all i don't know where he learned this is like this is what i'm talking about with will like i don't know i don't know where he all of a sudden learned all of the like technic technical jargon of script writing but like the script had all of that it was it was it was like a it was like this legitimate thing and we had he had it all like binded for all of us and we okay. sat down it was like oh, it was like a reading we were it was it was it was wild so um that was that was when we i think we probably realized it was a it was a bigger project and it, it was just you know we're none of us know have any experience making making movies or anything like this so it was just a really exciting project exciting challenge you know and uh i think yeah we definitely learned a ton doing it um and i you know i hope we are able to do it again and and do it a little better and how much time was spent filming definitely like a, oh the first initial shooting was three weeks oh, wow. um last last november november 2020 and then there was reshooting this year in may uh i think it was like two weeks or something and then there was some pickup shots here and there that were just like one-off days um, shots. yeah the most i mean it's crazy to think that it's done like <laughs> Just like realizing that, holy crap, we did that is 70 minute, five minute feature. It's totally wild. It, there was so much effort and thought. And I mean, 
took so much time to just like edit it and make it feel good. You know, I, I think that was like, and the filming was just like so exhausting. Like this long days. Yeah, it's it's, it's cold. way worse. <laughs> yeah, being on like a film, like doing the filming thing, it's way harder than you would think. You'd think, oh yeah, we're just gonna hang out and like it'll be fun, you know. And it was yeah. fun, but it was it's a lot, it's a lot more challenging. And uh, like the the days, it, it, that was I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we learned. It's just um, you know after the whole editing process, I think we have a much better idea of how to use our time. I think while right. we were shooting and stuff like that, a lot of time was just kind of, we were hemorrhaging time because we didn't know what, you know, what exactly we needed and the shots we needed and all, all that type of stuff. Um, so I think if we were, you know, whenever we uh, jump back into a project like that, uh, hopefully we'll be a lot more efficient with our, our time. Sure. Right. Excellent. And, and let's, let's end with something that straddles both 2021 and 2022 and that's goose miss. Um, when did you realize that, uh, which, which is now, I believe is going to take place in February, um, at the Mohican sun arena in Uncasville, uh, the, the largest, um, gig of, of in, in terms of uh, attendance of, of Goose's career and it was originally scheduled for December when did you realize it wasn't going to be able to happen in December it was the day like literally right before we canceled the, the announcement yeah it was it was down to the wire yeah that was and that was a really 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 heavy decision I, yeah I, I can only imagine yeah and, Thankfully, they do, do, did have a, a new date for it um, and um, have had you already started planning for it? I mean, or, or how much of Goosemiss is prepped at this point? Well, we definitely started. Yeah, we had a plan of like what we wanted to do. OK, um, so, you know, whether or not that's going to stay the same or change slightly for February, we will we will see. Um, but yeah, I think it was just, you know, and it's just apologies to anybody who was planning on coming in December and can't make the February show. Um, you know, we, we knew that was obviously going to happen, but it's okay. You know, I feel like it's just, we're grateful that it's able to happen at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel like that time was very uncertain. You know, there was like the new variant was going around and it was like, it's pretty, I mean, you know, the casino atmosphere is not very COVID safe. So, um, you know, in, in hindsight, like it may have been smart that it got postponed anyway, you know? Absolutely. Uh, So like, I don't know, but it's just, it's just impossible to say like what would have happened, but, um, I think, I think it's going to be great when it, when it does happen, we're very excited for it. Absolutely. Yeah. and are you guys looking forward to getting back on the road, uh, hopefully for your uh, winter tour, which uh, starts in a few weeks here and your first headlining tour of the West Coast? Definitely. That's very exciting, too. I mean, it's cool to go back to all these places that we, I guess, it's, yeah, it will have been two years yeah. since we, we were out there with pigeons and it's all the same rooms that we played. So that's kind of fun. We got to get we go back. All right besides a few, like we get, we get to go back and, um, headline those spots. And, and that's, 
always awesome. You know, we we're going in, we can feel like comfortable. Like we know the places already and uh, we'll see some of those people we saw two years ago and, and some more, <laughs> some more folks. Yeah. Here's hoping uh, we, we uh, get, get everything under control and, and everything's able to happen as it should. And guys, I, I really appreciate you taking all this time to uh, talk with me about what, what was a very exciting and uh, again, wild and uh, unusual year in, in Goose yeah. history. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Of course. Our yearly uh, date. Yeah, <laughs> exactly 2023 <laughs> 2023 wow i can't year. believe yeah. i actually said that word it's yeah. coming for episode 108 of the Jam Base Podcast. Thanks for bearing with us through the holiday break. And as mentioned, we have a number of exciting episodes planned for the coming weeks and beyond. Be sure to check out the Jam Base Podcast every Thursday. Thanks to Peter and Rick for taking the time to talk goose with me. And I'm already looking forward to our 2023 chat. Also, much love and appreciation to Jake Alexander for producing this episode of the Jam Base Podcast. Be sure to subscribe today to the Jambase podcast and leave us a review if you're picking up what we're laying down. Thanks for listening and stay safe out there.